This is Agri-Futures On Air, brought to you by Agri-Futures Australia, driving innovation in Australian agriculture. There's one thing that unites us all, everyone. All of us have 24 hours in a day. It's how we use those hours that makes us different. Hello, I'm Chris Brown. A fairly small percentage of us belong to that group of people who give up some of those precious hours to lend their talents to everything from the Saturday sausage sizzle at Bunnings to being a lifeline counsellor. And it's those people who can often find themselves in leadership roles. To recognise and celebrate International Women's Day, I'm talking today to a woman who you may find helping out at the kids' soccer or coaching young women in the Country to Canberra network or maybe giving advice to a start-up business in her local North Queensland community or perhaps giving a keynote address at a Women in Farm Business Leadership Workshop or exercising her role on an AgriFutures Australia advisory panel or maybe sitting on the board of her local resource management group or helping out on the steering committee of the Resourcing Women of the North group. Are you getting the picture? You'll also find her working in the family avocado and mango business and her own back paddock business, giving business and communication support to rural enterprises in her area. And did I mention she's a mother of four? This woman with seemingly 48 hours in each 24-hour day is Jessica Feely and she joins me today on AgriFutures On Air. Jess, reading your bio, you are involved in so many groups and activities, it does make me wonder where you get the energy. But I think energy comes from motivation. Have you always been a motivated person? Yeah, look, I have always been a motivated person, Chris. You can ask my family. I've always been bossy and a bit of a planner and a goal setter. You know, I've always got a five-year, 10-year, 15-year plan. And the other thing is, you know, I'm really passionate about farming, agriculture, about rural Australia. So I guess that helps give the motivation when you care deeply about something. It's where I grew up. It's what I know that really lends itself to the motivation. How do you decide what you're going to be involved in? Is it Does that motivation just sort of appear or is it there always in the background? You're always looking for something to be involved in. Oh, <laughs> Chris, that's such a good question. I'm a classic overcommitter. I'm a classic say, I don't like saying no. So that's got me in trouble in the past. I'd like to think that I'm learning a little bit better now to really think about where I want to put my energy and when I'm making decisions about what I want to be involved in, I guess it comes down to how much do I really care about this and is this going to move me further along the path, you know, to making a difference in the world and in particular in ag and rural communities. Are you the person in the room that will sort of look around the room and say, that person over there looks like that they might be a bit lonely or maybe I should go and offer that person a drink? Is that you? Yeah, definitely. Because I probably would be the person sitting over there (laughs) a bit lonely or not knowing anyone. I think that happens when you come from far north Queensland, particularly if you're travelling to conferences or events and there's not many of us from far north Queensland and not always lots of women. 
in the room. So I would definitely be the kind of person that would go and find another another buddy. I like to think I like people and I like to chat, but I'm a bit of an introvert at heart, so it does take work and it's always nice to find someone who's on their own too. It's interesting you say you're a bit of an introvert because I, I would imagine you'd need to be very extroverted to be involved and be upfront and, you know, get onto podcasts and talk about yourself and so on. Yeah, you'd think so. I think that I've just learnt to do it and it's not that I don't enjoy talking on podcasts or more talking to people, but it does take a lot of energy. So I'm learning that I need to balance that with some downtime at home and walking the dog and doing the stuff that I love, like reading and writing and journaling. They're the kind of things that can refresh me to keep me doing what I want to do out in the world. Growing up, did you involve yourself in your local community? As you say, you're from a farming background, or was there a point where you thought that you wanted to be that person in the room? I think growing up, you know, I grew up in a small country town. I did most of my primary school years in like a two-teacher school at Butchers Creek, and the community was always a big part of life when you grow up in small communities. You know, everyone does get in and help out and my parents were always involved with the community too and yeah I think definitely I it was instilled in me as a child growing up that it's important to contribute to your community and be involved and if you want the world to be a better place and for things to change then you have to get in and put some blood sweat and tears into the game too. Well, that prompts my next question about your reward. What's your reward for being that motivated person that gets involved in the community? Is there a reward for you or is it just a general feeling of satisfaction? Oh, that's a good question, Chris. There's definitely, I think internally, I'm driven to be a helper and be involved. And I like, I really like that I can contribute. I'm one of those people that if my kids play a sport, I feel like it's part of being in the club to help out and do that sort of thing. And it, yeah, it must just tick a box for me. I think it just ticks that contribution box. And yeah, I can't really think of what else the reward is other than hoping that I can help move the needle a little bit in the positive in my local community in Mareeba and in far north Queensland and rural Australia broadly. You know, that's the reward to hope that at the end of the day I can have done something to make it a better place or for people to understand a little bit more about what life is like in rural Australia and how important our farming and regional communities are. Well, that's reward enough, isn't it? That's a very significant reward, actually. International Women's Day is celebrated this week, and I do want to talk to you about the opportunities available to women who wish to take on those leadership roles. But leadership can take many, many different forms. What's your, or how do you describe a leader? Oh, you're throwing me all the curly questions. I truly think a leader is someone who is authentic so they're really true to themselves and they are really able to bring their whole person to the table in whatever workplace or community space or or whatever that they're in and they're willing to have the hard conversations they're willing to have the tricky tough 
kind of conversations, the the honest conversations to try and they've got the ability to pick out the bits that are positive and that that will help move forward. I think that's what a, a leader is. They're really able to work with people and they've got a really good sense of who they are, their strengths and their weaknesses and how they can work with other people to leverage those for the benefit of whatever the project or job or community idea is. That's a really good definition of a leader. I like something I heard many years ago where there was a description of a leader as one who climbs the tree to see the forest, okay? But an exceptional leader climbs the biggest tree to see the next forest. And I think that many women leaders actually are climbing that bigger tree. They've got tremendous vision beyond the forest that they're in. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. I think that's where the innate kind of skills that we have as women come in handy. You know, we have that, and not to say that men don't have this too, but I definitely see it a lot in women, that real empathy and that ability to see beyond their own backyard and their own sphere of influence, I guess, and be able to put the pieces of the puzzle together, so to speak, to make a difference, you know, to have impact and come up with a better outcome because they have that ability to look broader, look bigger picture. Let's talk specifically about women's role in agriculture now, particularly in leadership roles. Does gender play a role in agriculture in Australia? Here's a ticklish one for you. (laughs) Look, I I think I'd have to say yes, of course it plays a role in agriculture in Australia and I think traditionally agriculture has been a very male-dominated industry. That's definitely changing. But when I say male-dominated, I think women have always been involved, just probably not as visible and, you know, not in positions of leadership, so to speak, but I definitely think that behind the scenes women have always really understood what was happening in agriculture and and always had a say it just might have been via their husband you know lying in bed at night chatting through the day's events or at the lunchtime table you know at smoko talking about what's happening and you know women have always been heavily involved in agriculture just it's becoming more visible Yeah, I fully agree with that. It wasn't that long ago that we used to talk about the farmer's wife, but now we refer to the farmer's wife as the farmer as just as much as her husband, so to speak, or her partner. Yeah, that's interesting because I really struggle with the farmer's wife and farmer. I I always say I'm a farmer's wife and I think that's, you know, I'm really proud of that role. I'm not a farmer. I do. I have a different skill set as a farmer's wife that I bring to the table. So I don't think that I need to be called a farmer to own the contribution that I make to our farming business, if that makes sense. And and look, there are lots of women who are farmers that are, you know, out in the paddock and in the sheds and doing that role. That's just not the role I play in our family business. And But it doesn't mean that a farmer's wife is any less valuable, if that makes sense. You've just completed, or you're currently completing, I should be more correct, the National Farmers Federation's Diversity in Agriculture Leadership Program. Tell me about that. 
Look, that's I've really loved that program, Chris. It's been terrific. So that took place for about six months last year. I had fortnightly mentoring sessions with my mentor, Bron, who was based in Canberra and an amazing lady and very generous with her knowledge and time. And I guess for me, the benefit of having those mentoring sessions and also being involved with a cohort of, I think there's about 15 of us, 12 of us last year, women in that diversity and ag leadership program that National Farmers Federation pulled together, is that I have those connections, you know, I have that network, I have those people that I can reach out to via WhatsApp or pick up the phone and call Bron, my mentor, who's, you know, had a really terrific career in the ag industry and ask some of the curly questions that you know I'm coming across in my board work or my community work or what's happening here on the farm and it's just someone to check in with. What was the structure was it like a syllabus of some sort? We didn't have a syllabus we had a guide I guess for our mentoring sessions that we were working through it started with a lot of getting to know you a lot of I guess, personality profiling and understanding our personalities and then moving more through what are our career goals, where do we want to be heading and really coming up with a plan around those sorts of things. And it just reaffirmed for me that everyone has the same struggles that I do in trying to balance being a mum and having a family but also wanting to have a career and that it's okay for those things to come in swings and roundabouts that sometimes you know you might be really focused on career and then have to put that on hold a little bit and come back and reflect and have a bit of time getting the balance back again with your family and then it's okay to go again you know so that that normalized I guess I felt like I was the only crazy lady that just was constantly feeling like I was not doing anything well and trying to do everything and it normalised it for me. That um, Yeah, you discovered you weren't the only crazy lady. Right? <laughs> There's lots of us. <laughs> now, listen, you're also involved in uh, one of AgriFutures Australia's advisory panels, the AgriFutures Australia Ignite Advisory Panel. I was that a daunting prospect, particularly at the beginning? Did you see it as a real challenge? It's such a, I, I often reflect on the advisory panel because that was my first step up, I guess, into a bigger leadership role. And to be honest, Chris, I missed out. So I didn't get an interview, the first round of interviews for the advisory panel. And I was gutted because I felt like you know, I was perfect for the panel. I felt like I ticked all the boxes um, and I made a call to AgriFutures actually on the advice of my father-in-law when he saw how upset I was that I didn't. And he said, you know, give him a call and get some feedback. And I did get some feedback and had a really good chat. And the result of that was that I did then end up with a, an interview further down the track and a role on the panel. So I was daunted, but I was determined that that was the right fit for me. And it has turned out to be perfect. The AgriFutures Ignite panel has, I really admire the other panellists that are in that group and they've become really, some of my really good friends. And, you know, we're based all over Australia, but we chat on WhatsApp and Zoom every now and then and catch up in person via AgriFutures. And the panel has really, it gave me the confidence and I guess I've really learnt 
about what happens in a boardroom in that panel and to have some of those high-level conversations and thinking, you know, strategically, yeah, I've definitely gained those skills through the Ignite panel. That's terrific. You were so persistent for a start and that persistence finally came through for you. I wonder where you see the leadership opportunities for women in agriculture. Oh, that's a great question. Look, I obviously think that first and foremost, we need more women putting their hand up to sit on advisory panels and boards in the ag industry. Um, But I think in particular, what we need to do for women leaders is to encourage each other. What I think men are really good at is tapping someone else on the shoulder and saying, hey, you know, I think you'd be great for this board role. Come on, come to the meeting. But as women, we don't tend to do that as much. And I don't know why we don't. But I think that's a big part of what we need to do as women in agriculture, to encourage leadership among each other, to help each other, to point out, here's a good opportunity for someone else that might not be a good fit for me and I think Julia Telford who's based in Gundawindi she she's really terrific at this she has her own consulting business and she's someone I really admire and I listened to a podcast of hers and she talked about how the best thing we can do to help rural Australia is to help the different individuals and organizations working in those communities it's not to come in and do everything ourselves and I think that as women and women leaders that's what we have to understand because I think too many times we get caught up in we have to do everything as women you know we're used to trying to do it all but we need to learn how to work better and encourage other female leaders. A follow-up question to that then are there any structural changes that need to take place if we're going to have more women in leadership roles in agriculture or is it more about an attitudinal change perhaps or is it's all sweet just try harder sort of thing? Mm, That's a really big question Chris that is a really big question I often think about look I think the attitude change has to come first First and foremost, I think the attitude change has to come. And I think it's, that you know, it's just about there. I think that everyone understands that women are valuable and can have a role to play in the boardroom. The structural change, I think, has to happen too because, well, what I'm finding in my own life is that with my husband and I both wanting careers and, you know, wanting to change the world and have a family, that doesn't add up. (laughs) So I don't know whether it ends up being that in the world we're going to have to have jobs that are kind of 75% and, you know, husband works 75% and the wife works 50% and then they the family gets, you know, I don't know what the numbers are or, or what that actually looks like, but I do think something has to change structurally and it's for men and women if we want to continue to see terrific leaders of both sexes. That's absolutely amazing for me because I wasn't thinking of that structural change at all. I was thinking more about organisations, but you're talking about there, structural change within the family unit. Yeah, well, it is structural change in the family unit, but it does have to come from organisations and and even banks, you know, when you're looking at trying to get mortgages and loans and that sort of thing. They're traditionally looking at full-time employment and some of those things might have to change to reflect that we may not all be full-time anymore. We may have two people working in a family unit that are part-time or 
three-quarter time and, and raising a family and how does that then affect their financial situation? It's a huge question, Chris. And to be honest, I haven't got my head around it. I guess I'm in the throes of trying to figure it out. My hubby and I have spent our whole family lives trying to figure out, you know, how to get the juggle and the balance right to make sure that we can both have careers but have an amazing family life too. And I can't hand on heart say that we've got the perfect formula for that. Yeah, yeah. Jess, I'm not going to ask you any more difficult questions apart from this last one, perhaps. (laughs) What will you be thinking about this week, the week when we've had International Women's Day? What will I be thinking about? Look, I definitely will be thinking about what the future might hold for women, for female leaders. I definitely will be thinking about some of the inspirational female leaders that I know tipping my hat to Georgie Somerset and Fleur Anderson and Julia Telford, who I've mentioned. I also think, you know, Jacinda Ardern's a great leader. So I like to have those role models to think about and learn about and understand their journeys. And I think just being grateful for the world that we live in, that we're much further down the track than we've ever been to have females in leadership positions and the opportunities that we have. And You know, it's tricky, it's complex, but all we can do is keep focusing on the challenge of having females in leadership positions and fulfilling careers and keep having those authentic, genuine conversations about how can we, my motto is it's not I can't, it's how can I. So how can we make this work? We've got amazing leaders in rural Australia, changing agriculture for the better, but happy, healthy families and communities at home too. Jess, you've given me a lot to think about as well. I've had a wonderful time talking to you. So look, thank you so much for your time today, Jess. Thank you, Chris. And it was terrific. Jessica Feely, who finds inspiration in other women, but I think probably inspires us all. AgriFutures Australia has a commitment to diversity in the workplace. Currently, nearly 60% of board members are women, along with 40% of the leadership team and 32% of the advisory panels. The organisation has pledged to continue to support women in ag, to develop their leadership skills, experience and confidence, and to work with industry partners for a smooth transition into leadership roles, including membership on AgriFutures advisory panels. Thanks for joining me today. My name is Chris Brown. You've been listening to AgriFutures On Air, a weekly podcast brought to you by AgriFutures Australia. AgriFutures Australia.